Hey everybody, welcome to Lead Like a Boss podcast. I have got a fantastic duo here uh, of fabulous ladies who have kicked butt in their business and take some big, big chances to create their dream. Well, there's a twist to the dream, maybe not so much only their dream, but you'll hear more about that in a second. Um, Jules and Stace, thank you so much for being with us. Um, I hinted at the the idea of the dream. So maybe you can tell us a little bit about where the dream of, and I don't wanna give it away, I want you to tell it, cause you know, I wanna lead up to this. So how did the dream start with regards to this amazing product that you guys have brought to market? Yeah, so I'll start out by saying I'm Jules, so people can kind of get familiar. Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> so if they're not watching us on video, then they can understand that my voice is Jules, and then you can introduce Yep, me. and I'm Stace. And people say we look like twins, but we're not. We're actually <laughs> married to each other. Uh, to each other. <laughs> um, that'd be a little weird, but uh, so yeah, I'm Stace and then Jules. Yeah. So the the backstory, um, again, this is Jules talking. The backstory is my parents 24 years ago were sitting on the beach. Now my parents have six kids. I'm one of six. Six and kids? Holy six. smokes. Yeah. So they understand the challenge of bringing a lot of stuff to any outdoor activity. So they were actually sitting on the boardwalk of Bethany Beach, Delaware, and saw a mom by herself with three kids coming off the beach. And she was literally miserable. The kids were hot and sandy and sticky and tired. So my mom and dad literally did kind of the American dream and went up to the condo and napkin sketched out this kind of now really Frankenstein, but it was like a lounger that if you flipped it up on its end, it became like a dolly. And they thought if this woman had this, her experience would be so much better. So my dad, not knowing what he was doing, my dad's not an engineer, he's not really an inventor, um, but he got it patented um, and tried to take it to market, but just had no idea how to. This and was so, way before Google. Yeah, it was. I mean, 24 <laughs> years ago, for sure. So it just sat on the shelf for 12 years. Um, and then at that point, 12 years forward, I was working for um, one of the big four consulting firms. And honestly, I loved my job, but I got tired of working 80 hours a week for somebody else. And so kind of, again, sort of the typical like American dream. Um, I called up my dad and I said, dad, what would you think about me trying to take your product to market? And my dad, I always say this because it's true. My dad is one of our absolute heroes. And he started crying and he said, honey, that would be a dream come true. And so he assigned the patent over to me, gave me his drawings. And I had no idea what I was doing, but I was like, all right, let's give this uh, a shot. I don't know about no idea, but we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll do that well, I, Yeah, no, I really didn't. I mean, I worked for PwC, so I was used to building strategic plans and coaching people on change and like leadership and that sort of thing but not taking a product to market. I'd never done that before. And so I partnered with one of my colleagues and long story short, we moonlit um, and did an iteration of it that we ended up both walking away from in 2014. Oh, okay. So hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. Yeah. That, that's that's very, very interesting. And, and maybe maybe we get, we'll get dig into that maybe on another podcast, but help me understand, you know, the right now there's a lot of talk about the grind culture and you know side hustles and all that stuff were you in that side hustle mode when you were doing that at that point absolutely absolutely because this this was a product that had to be completely designed 
And so, I mean, I needed to eat and pay my mortgage and all of that. So I kept my full-time job of consulting and then moonlit with my business partner um, doing, you know, trying to take this to market. And one of our clients actually was a manufacturer. And so we approached them about being our contract manufacturer. Yeah. Um, and they said, you know, we love this concept so much that we would actually like to buy 60% of your company. And we're like, mm, it's not even a company, but okay. So they paid us a good bit of money to purchase 60% of this. And we went to market with it and um, found out that it wasn't a good partnership. Our values just did not align. Oh, and boy. so we ended up walking away and they ended up dissolved in 2014 and they ended up dissolving our company, that company, um, not their company, the big company, but our smaller um, in 2018. Um, but in about, I'll let you take it over in about 2016, 2017. Well, I have to back up a little bit because don't is you right. both, don't you both have a startup at, well, you know, Jules, you're more consulting, but Stace, don't you have more of a, of a, of a startup background? Yeah. I've been on the ground floor of nine startups. Wow. Um, some being my own, some being with partnerships. Um, I mean, not, not solely my own. We've, I've always been in partnerships, but some for like, um, like I work for a retirement uh, community and I was able, I was uh, over their um, corporate in, enterprise development. And so I got to develop new products coming into to that, that community or on the outside of that community. Were you, were you in an ownership position? I was not. No, it, it, it was a nonprofit organization, um, but they it, they brought me in during the recession. And the first company I built for them was a home care company because no one was moving on campus. And so they had to still bring in income and people couldn't sell their homes. So we're like, OK, let's take let's take care to people in their homes. And so that's that's when that started. So I was able but to in a handful of the startups, you did have some ownership. Oh, yes, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. yes. Um, but not, but not all of them. And, and then I've been on some technology startups too, where I was just one of the, the few people that came in in the big, very beginning to help them build it and grow it. Oh, um, is that all? Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that, you know, I, was like, <laughs> I mean, no big deal. Yeah. I got um, it. It, wow. it, 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 yeah. So, um, so I had to back up a little bit. So Jules and I had, um, Jules, when she left that former company. Um, and now I she had, she's, she downgrades this a little bit, but she was broken. I mean, like broken to the core. I mean, oh, cause yeah. she'd given up her family dream, her fam her parents idea that she had taken the market and just felt like that. I don't, I, and I don't, I don't want to put words in her mouth, but it, it like, like she fell in some kind of way. So yeah. she went and worked. Yeah, it's not just a company when it's your dad's dream, right? Right. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of emotion attached to that. And there still is even, even where we are today. But so she was so broken that she just had to go and cleanse her soul. And so she started working at the shrimp docks in Charleston, South Carolina, delving out shrimp for $10 an hour. And she did that. And you're talking about a corporate executive owned her own business, making, you know, you know, well into the six figures and doing great for herself, going all of a sudden out peddling shrimp. I get um, it. And, but no working, stress in shrimp, right? She worked with the salt of the earth people, like the, the hard workers, um, the shrimpers. I mean, it was some of the hardest workers you'll ever meet. Um, but about nine months in, 
we always joke that I got tired of her smelling like shrimp. <laughs> I'm the cook of the, the family and I had so many recipes. I was Nick, I was probably Bubba Gump's sister at that point. And then, or she just got tired. She needed to do something that was going to, to push herself. Now she worked it out of her system. It was time. Yeah. So that's when we had opened our consulting um, firm called Assaulty Rim. Uh, Jules and I did, and so we uh, we did we do strategic business coaching for startups to medium-sized companies. You know, that's what we typically can we work with. Um, that's kind of our niche. Um, but all that to say is, so we were in, we were doing that. I was working for, I was still working for a technology company. We started our our consulting coaching firm. And then in about 2016, we were at the beach and just the idea wouldn't go away. And, and I was like, oh, we need to do something. And she's like, yes, we do. So we had a couple, we brought in some partners that just didn't, didn't jive with our values. Our values are super important to us. Um, and they just didn't jive with our values. And Jules and okay, I- Okay, hold on a second. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pause you for a second now. Yeah. So once burnt, twice shy. I'm hearing that story because you know I'm I'm hearing this is happening. So you're saying to yourself, before we get mixed up with anybody else, we're gonna get this whole values thing worked out before we take anybody's money. Is that what I'm hearing you say? Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd love to say we learned that lesson. That is one of the biggest things we, co we coach on our values and really giving people what we say, give people six months to show they're crazy. It doesn't mean we don't all have crazy. It's does our crazy marry up together. And, yeah, I hear you. And, Absolutely. And Jules and I tend to be trusting. We're because we we feel like we can be trusted. So we feel like that we could trust other people. Yeah, you judge that. others out of yourself, which is normal. Right. Um, so I would say no, we did not learn that. Uh oh. We're learning that. it. We're, we're learning it every day. Yeah. Um and we've been burnt some more, but we didn't get too far down the road with these these other places, these other people. Yeah. Um to to have any like big losses um we notice some things and and uh, we also say in, in the united states i always ask the question have you ever seen a, a yellow light turn green <laughs> i love it flag, i love probably, it i'm probably turn into a red flag at some point i love um, it and so, so, so we, um, so we kind of tinkered around with it, but in about the end of 2017, we were kind of done. We were like, ah, this is just, it's not going to happen. And, and, um, a neighbor saw Jules walking and she's like, Hey, what's that? You remember that idea you were working on? You know, my business partner and I would really like to, to hear about it. And Jules was like, get in line. And she goes, we're done. And she goes, let's no, let's meet. And, and so we did. And. And that's when, in 2018, we formed OME Gear, uh, and our initial product is the Wonder. So this been... time it clicked. Is that what I'm hearing? Yes. Uh -huh. Well, with that, with with that partnership, it clicked. Now we've had that would did not include manufacturing, marketing. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah, no, no. I, I get it. I get it. Yeah. But it, but at least finding the right mix of partner. Yes. Seems yeah. to have clicked, right? Yeah. All right. So sure. let's 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 find something practical practical here to pass on to our listeners. So with regards to partnering with folks, what would you and I, and I get the yellow light turning red. I get that. That's cool. I love it. But from a practical point of view, this whole idea of six months to let things simmer, what are some of the warning signs that you think you should look for 
when you're either thinking about a joint venture or thinking about partnering, you know, getting investors involved. And we're talking small scale here. We're talking about, you know, someone's got, I don't know, a dry cleaning business and maybe they want to put a truck on the road because they want to make deliveries and they're going to need, you know, maybe some investment or whatever. And, mm -hmm. and uncle Bob says, Hey, I'll, I'll, I'll throw some money at you and do this. Like what are the warning signs or what are the things that, that they should look for before they take uncle Bob's money? George, I love that question. I actually just did a post about it on LinkedIn um, where not all money is created equal, mm. right? So um, what happens and what happened to us is as entrepreneurs, we're so passionate about our product or project or business or service or whatever. And we get to a point of desperation mm. and then we're like, okay, we'll just take any money that anybody's willing to give to us. And that actually, it's a lot like my post on LinkedIn was, I just said, it's a lot like finding your partner, like your life partner, where you have to do a lot of vetting of that person before you sign on any kind of dotted line, right? Whether it's $50,000 or $500 million, whatever the number is, it doesn't matter. Um, I think one of the questions is, do you like this person? Like oh. if it's Uncle Bob, do you like hanging out with him at family reunions? Or are you always kind of like, ugh, like I have to, Uncle Bob's going to be there, but he has money. So I have to be nice to him. You know, um, we've all done that. I mean, unfortunately, oh, you know, yeah. or, um, you know, would you be willing, you know, if you, if you drink coffee or cocktails, would you be willing to sit down and have a coffee or a cocktail with them and just enjoy their company? The other thing is, do you know anyone that knows them? Like ask for references, call those references, see how they are. Um, the last thing that you want, everybody wants a return for their money, right? Obviously any investor wants, wants to get their money back plus a return. But if that's all they're concerned about is when am I getting my money back? When am I getting my money back? When am I getting my money back? Then it creates a whole lot of stress on you. Thankfully, Stace and I, have a list of friends and family investors who for the most part have been, I mean, I would say 99% have been really gracious about the time that we pay them back in, right? And we have a date, um, but they have been really, really gracious about that. So I think it's people who are patient with their money, who understand startups and understand that it usually costs more and takes longer um, to do a startup um, and just people you really like. Yeah. Yeah, I think the, the the like part is, is something that gets overlooked a lot. I mean, the, the the part about patient money, the part about angel investing, I think that's really, that's ground that's been well trodden. But I think the point about um, being able to enjoy the time you're going to spend with these people um, is is important. I, I think that's a piece that doesn't get talked about enough. And, mm -hmm. I, and I really appreciate that. That's a really good point. So now you're at your... So the, the idea has been resurrected now three times, mm -hmm. right? <clears throat> Got new partners. They say third time's a charm. Mm -hmm. So we'll see. Oh yeah. Okay. All right. So you got new partners. And if, if I'm not mistaken, you've got the idea fleshed out. You've, but no manufacturing yet, right? At this point, you don't have like a ready to go product, right? Ready to market product. Nope. Okay. So how do we go from that where you are now to me watching you on fox las vegas news you know doing the thing with the wanderer on tv like mm -hmm. and, and and this isn't a three-hour show so what was the key 
thing that helped flip the switch to go from something on paper to a product in a box that you can deliver to a customer? Um, so, I mean, we were still just a concept. I mean, Jules had taken a product to market and it was still, we, um, we were like, okay, let's take all that customer feedback because it was like geared more towards the beach. And mm -hmm. we know that the out, outdoors is way beyond the beach. Yes, we have a lot of coastline in the United States, but we also have lakes and we also have people that love to camp. And we, so it's like, let's focus on what, what the pain points are, number one, let's solve a problem, but let, how can we solve multiple people and multiple verticals um, at one time? Mm. And so that's when we went up and we had to go to an ideation session. We went and, and sat for almost a week and in class uh, with the designers. And we said, this is what we want. Here's our idea. Can you do it for us? And, wow. and we, we went to the, to the specialist and, and our, I mean, our design alone cost almost $400,000. Uh, so it's not a cheap, it was not a cheap ideation session. Um, and, and it was very it intense and it took a year. A year. Um, and we went to the people that do all seating and positioning for Tesla and for big, big names. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so we went to the experts. Now my background is occupational th therapy. So, and I have a, and I used to do seating and positioning. Um, and for people in wheelchairs. So, you know, that kind of helped, you know, I could roll that expertise in there that, um, and while we we're designing and, and liking your angles and what's comfortable. So all that to say is that's when we came up with the Wander and it has transformed into now what is more than a five-in-one, we call it a five-in-one product and it's an actual transformer. So if you're a, a product of the, what are the eighties, uh, you used to have the Transformers. I think. Yeah, I think the last Transformers movie was only like three years or four years ago. So, <laughs> yeah. okay. So we're gonna we're gonna put some pictures and maybe even some video of the Wanderer being transformed. Maybe you can take a second and and pretend that you're watching the video and walk us through some of the iterations, like how it changes and and what you do with it. And and just imagine that there's a video of it playing. But for the audio portion, maybe you can explain to people how it transforms yeah sure um so first and foremost it's a cart um and actually holds up to 150 pounds of gear um even that heavy cooler you have it will carry your the cooler um one thing we want to point out on the wander is, are the wheels and so you'll see you see the wheels there they are actually the only wheels that will roll on any terrain including soft sand that do not require air they're actually wow. squishy they're not a hard plastic Wow. Um, so, but once you get to where you're going, it's going to actually transform and you unload it. It actually will transform into a recliner and then a camping cot. And then it'll come back up into like a high chair camping chair and then a lower to the ground beach type chair. Um, and then another um, way you can use it as a hauler, as we call it hauler mode, is if you take the cot and you flip up all the legs we have straps and it'll carry surfboards, paddleboards, kayaks. And so it is a multi-use product. I mean, people also put it in cot mode and they use it as a bench or we've used it as a table um, for picnics. And so whatever you, you just have, people are being so creative with this product going, but you can use it here and I can use it on my um, construction site and I can use it in my equestrian circle or whatever. Mm -hmm. Anytime you need to haul something 
and possibly have a seat or, or lay down when you get there. This is the product. And I, I noticed I noticed the wheel design looked very, very cool. Um, I know that that a type of honeycomb type of design is fairly new. It's, it's fairly avant-garde. That's really cool. I, I got the impression from some of the videos I watched that it's extremely light, no? Mm-hmm. It is, yeah. So you know about the wheel design that it's actually like NASA. I mean, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, like this was this is. I mean, these designs. I mean, uh, obviously NASA's even opened up their patents, and so I mean, these designs have been around for years from starting to go on the moon. Um, yeah, I've even seen some. I've even seen some construction equipment starting to big construction mm -hmm. equipment using that type of wheel design for lots of mm -hmm. different reasons. Yeah, yeah, very cool. But as far as the overall weight of the Wanderer, um, the weight of the Wanderer is 30 pounds. But if you think about everything it does, and people are like, oh, that's a little heavy. And we're like, yeah, but how many groceries do you put on one arm just to get in to only take? <laughs> well, well not just that. I mean, I, I think, well, personally, I mean, not to take away from anything, but, you know, a lot of the products we see on the market, you know, they're geared for a certain price point and they break. I mean, you know, my garage is full of, excuse the expression, crap that's broken that I just need to throw out because when I yeah. bought it, it was great after I used it three, four times because the materials are so poorly designed, you know, to, ma you know, maximize the price that they break and, and it's not useful, right? It's not the, it's not like a wheelbarrow that you bought like 50 years ago that lasts 50 years and you can still use it, right? And I get the impression from your part, it's What's that? But, but your wheels go flat on your wheelbarrow. Um, <laughs> yes. Please do not. Yours don't. No, but it, it. But if you take off the wheels, and the thing is, is we have um, we have quick release on the wheels, so the wheels and the axle actually pop off really easily, and it, then it goes down to like twenty four pounds. And I love that mechanism for adjusting the 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 angles of the of the arms of of the wanderer. It looks really easy to do. Where I've seen a lot of similar type, you know, things that move the articulations. You know, the buttons are tricky your fingers get caught on them and are or hard to twist the knobs and or the knobs break and all that stuff and i can tell from watching the videos that that doesn't seem to be an issue for you guys yeah, the wanderer. It's, not. it's not and george i love your point about quality um that was one of our big driving forces in coming up with the wanderer because we, we do really care about this earth right and um, we do really care about the products that we're consuming or the products that we're purchasing. And we just kept seeing at the end of beach accesses and at the, you know, Oh boy, I know what you're going to say. Hands and stuff. We would see broken wagons. The wheels broke off. Um, they were completely rusted. You know, they were, I mean, just all these different things of like literal junk products that are put into this world and people buy them cheaply, but then they have to buy them every year. Mm -hmm. And so now they're still spending the same amount of money but putting so much into the landfill. So we said, let's make a quality product. Yes, it is more, um, but when you add up all the different um, configurations individually and the space that they would take up in your garage or in your car, um, I mean, we, we think the Wander is a really good option. Okay, so I love it. And and, and that's beautiful. And that, that speaks to the idea that when you price out a product, when you're developing a product, you have to have a why you know, behind it, right? You, you can't just all be about the, the dollars or the market. Uh, it really has to be about the why because your clients buy into the why, you know, mm -hmm. to a large extent, certainly your investors at the beginning, but then your your customers. And I would imagine your customers, you're not selling, I, I'm sure you're doing some B2C, but I believe your objective is to sell it B2B, correct? It's or am I get that wrong? 
No, no, no. You're, you're exactly, it's both for sure. Yeah. We're going direct to consumer and then also wholesale. Yeah. So you want to be able to convince your, your, your B2B buyer as to the why, because they're going to buy into the why, right? Correct. And then they're going to buy into the product. So that's a good takeaway for any business yeah. to, to work on your why, because it's going to shape everything that you do going forward. Yeah, it, that's, and that's exactly right. And it's like, what is the real problem that you're trying to solve, right? For us, it's sustainability. Um, it's that people carry a bunch of stuff and it's wheels that don't work. And then the fourth thing is in retail locations for our wholesale buyers, it's if they if they purchase them in a camping section, they purchase cots, high chairs, low chairs, and carts. Think about all the real estate in their store that that's taking up where with us, they can purchase one product and it takes up one fourth of all of that space. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love it. Wise, yeah. And you know, those moms with two, three, four kids that have to haul all that stuff out, you're saving them a heck of a lot of trouble. So, you know, yeah, I love exactly. it. I yeah. love it. Um, okay, so what's what's next for you guys? What, what you know, you, well, okay, wait a second. I'm, I just skipped over a whole big thing. <laughs> Let folks understand a little bit as to how far you guys were willing to go in terms of like to make this work to make this project work because we were talking before we went on on recording about you know where you guys live now so maybe talk a little bit about that yeah and this is um a long story but i'm I'm gonna condense it uh just a little bit so during covid um we had um we were you know we were struggling with the manufacturing because we couldn't we couldn't you know get to our manufacturer um, but we were also struggling with funding. Uh, the, I mean, that's just the, the brass tacks is, is that entrepreneurs, um, especially women entrepreneurs in the outdoor gear space, it is hard to find money. And so um, I, we, were, we had our product in the US, um, but our manufacturer had hid it from us because we couldn't pay him. Oh boy. Um, and so we were like, what are we gonna do? And I, I'll never forget it. I remember we were sitting and Jules said, how much do you believe in this? And I said, 100%. And she said, the only thing we have left, now we had not, we had closed out all of our 401ks, all of our retirement, maxed out all the credit cards that, you know, it's not uncommon for entrepreneurs to do. And, and she said, the only thing we have left is our home. And we knew that that because of everything in COVID, people, the real estate market was, um, going up and and it's even gone up further since we sold our home no no don't uh, talk about that it, it's yeah it's exactly yeah. jules likes to look at that and torture me um, <laughs> it depresses me every time yeah um but we had some, we had some equity we had just enough equity in the house uh to be able to get our product and so we put that house on the market sold it and the, then we were like wait a second what are we gonna do now <laughs> now that we don't have anywhere to live um, what are we going to do? And literally put every dime of that, um, well, for the most part into the company. And she's, and we were like, okay, you know, you can't, we can't sit here. We just have to be, we have to put some forward momentum. And the only way to do that was to get an RV and wrap it in our branding and we're traveling. So I'll do a little show and tell. That's amazing. I was going to throw up a video, but that's just even better. Yeah. So that's, that's what we're, that's home. Us right now uh so i mean we do have a place in charleston a rental property as as you know um 
but I mean, with other people that we can, if we need to lay our heads down for a minute, we can. So that's, but for a marketing, we have QR codes all over, all over, all of, all of her name. Um, <laughs> as we were talking earlier, I like to put a persona to things. It makes me feel better. And so all of us, her name, she's named after my grandmother, who is a road warrior herself. Oh boy. And we have been traveling and people will see us riding on the interstate and take a picture, a picture of our, our screenshot or whatever you do with the QR codes these days and, and it goes straight to our website. And so we see our traffic going up at least 200% on our, our website when we're traveling. Yeah. And it, it's almost like a rolling showroom. You're, you're, you're going to event, to event, to event in that, right. in that, in Olive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, right. we stay That's in right. RV parks and it never fails. And while we'll get to an RV park and we'll talk to four or five up to 10 people the first day they'll come by and take pictures and wonder what it is and want to come and sit in it. And, and so that is also marketing too, because we carry with us always no kidding. <laughs> a lot of our, uh, a lot of wanders. And, and so when people see that, that how compact they are and you can even make them more compact by taking off the wheels and they're living in RVs and they're like, Oh my gosh, this just takes care of so many of the, our needs. Mm -hmm. And, and so we're able to, you know, market them right there in the RV parks. I love it. I, you know what? I got to ask you this question. Maybe you guys don't know the answers. If you don't know the answer, that's all good. But I watched one video of somebody in a Sasquatch outfit, you know, <laughs> rolling through something. Who was in that outfit? Was it one of you guys? What do you mean somebody in That was Sasquatch. What are you talking about? Uh -huh, uh -huh. Okay, so you're not telling. I get it. Okay. <laughs> but I thought that was really cute. I'll tell you, I am in it because I'm hot. Oh boy, I was gonna say, man, you got some some courage to be getting in one of those things, boy. Yeah, but okay, well, but I love the, the 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 I love the grassroots style of of the marketing. It's really great. Yeah, yeah. So I was gonna say that just made me think. So when we set off on this adventure, Stace was like, "I'm not driving this thing." Thirty to go. We both took we took RV driving lessons, but she's like, "Yeah, I'm not driving it." I'm like, "Well, I don't want to drive it." And so we're like, all right, let's make a deal. If I drive it all the time, then you need to clean out the poop chute. Oh boy. <laughs> and so that's our deal. She okay. does the dirty work and I do the driving. And I tell you, it only takes one time for you to mess up. You'll never mess up again. I can imagine. <laughs> I can imagine. I can imagine. Yeah. So what's next for you guys? What, what, what follows up the Wanderer? Um, oh. So we have, a, we have another product that's coming out next year that we're I mean, more excited about than the Wanderer um, because uh, it's an outdoor wheelchair um, oh, with wow. wheels that will yep, roll on any terrain. And our whole thing with our company is helping people to get outside and enjoy the outside easier, right? And so um, that includes all people. Nobody yeah. should be left out of that. Um, everybody should be able to enjoy the outdoors. And we had a, a video on TikTok go viral and um, where we did a demo of the products. I mean, we had two over 2.2 million views and probably 500 of those comments were, can I use this as a wheelchair for my mom or my dad or my child or whatever? And we had to answer no, because it's not been, the Wander has not been tested and rated for that kind of usage, but we were excited to say, but we do have a product coming out that we'll be able to use, be able to use be able to be used for that process that, oh my gosh, Purpose. my tongue just got really <laughs> tough. <laughs> um, but yeah, so anyway, we're really excited. So that, but we were coming out with a bunch of accessories. So oh, like yeah. 
if you're into fishing, like there'll be fishing rod holders or um, just a, literally a host, depending on what your activities are, we have accessories for that. And we're just gonna keep innovating. I mean, we have a lot of products on our roadmap that are transformer type products that are specifically for the outdoors. So um, we're just excited about continuing to roll out great things. Can't wait to see it. Can't wait yeah. to see it. And I, I guess everyone's clamoring to invest in you guys now, right? No, so, uh, you know, it's funny, George, it's like when we really needed the money, um, we just wanted people to believe in us. And then, I mean, we even said anybody who believes in us now will remember when we need the bigger money. Right. Um, but it, and we, we've had people like that who've said, you know, what, I'm going to take a chance on you. And we don't forget that as entrepreneurs, you don't forget the people who take a chance on you because of the, gosh, I wanna say we've done hundreds of pitches um, and we've gotten a lot of no's. And I guarantee you a lot of those people are gonna come back around when they see our success and say, hey, would love to invest in you. And including the banks, I'm sure the banks are gonna come yeah. back around and say, oh, hey, inevitably. Yeah, so we'll think, we'll think twice before we say yes to those. Yeah, so, if you like them. Yeah. If you don't like them, nope. Exactly right. exactly I like right. it. Because I understand, I mean, a lot of people can't take risks on yeah. somebody like us where we were. So it's not like we're writing all of those people off, but the ones that did take a chance, we'll never forget them. Yeah. And and of course, you know, you're right. You know, if you really want to scale big, you're going to need some of that institutional money. But it's great to be in a position where you don't need it and you can shape the deal that suits you rather than the other way around. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah, right. I love that. Okay, so as we wrap up, um, we want to hear what's coming next, and we're, we 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 want to see that stuff. So that's interesting. Um, do you have any uh, promotions? Where can people find the Wanderer? What's the best way? Like, they go to the website. Is there any place else? Please tell us how we can get the Wanderer. Yeah, so we would love for anybody to follow us on social media. Um, we're on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, all, all of them. Um, and it's some form of OME gear. If you just type in OME gear, you'll find us. Um, and it's Oceans, Mountains, Earth, so O-M-E gear. Uh, but then, yeah, go to the website and it's the same thing, okay. omegear.com. Um, we'd love to offer your guests or your listeners $50 off. Oh, cool. Um, so if you're willing to do that, we'd give you a code and you can just, you know, send it out or whatever. But um, is that yeah, the code the code will be in, in the show notes below and uh, maybe we'll we'll flash up a QR code for people to get it as well but yeah Perfect. that's that's great we really appreciate that and guys I love the the amount of hard work but smart work that you put into it and mm -hmm. and the reality that despite the fact that you both have a lot of startup experience and 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 professional consult consulting experience that you know, you were real in, in your story and all the challenges that you faced to, to get you where you are today. Mm -hmm. And I think the, for me, the big takeaway is to everyone that are in that same position or, or working to build or, or continue their existing businesses is, is really resilience. You just don't give up. You just, you know, refuse to give up and keep pushing and eventually a solution will present itself. Yeah, and if any of your listeners want to buy us a dirty martini, then yeah. we'll, be even, we'll be even more real with you. <laughs> That's a whole other show, but we'll, we'll we'll get there in a different time. We thought for drinks. Yeah. So, so what was it? What was the name? Is salty? What was it? The, the name of the 
uh, our consulting firm yeah. um, is called a salty rim. Now I get it. Now I get and it. The, and the reason, the reason there's, there's, there's many reasons why we chose that. Um, Jules came from the, the stuffy consulting world and we wanted to be, make it a little bit more fun. Um, we actually went and bought a boat after we opened the company um, so we could take our clients out. And so we're not sitting always in a, in a boardroom. Stuffy boardroom, right. And so, but, but obviously we like margaritas, but salt <laughs> feels, salt, you said you want to surround yourself with salt of the earth type of people. Oh yeah. Salt, is oft, salt used to be the richest, you know, that was, you know, you're worth your weight in salt. Yeah. Um, and then uh, most of the missing ingredient, the most missing ingredient in any recipe, including dessert recipes is salt. Mm -hmm. And so, and so we say our tagline is we help you eat your elephant with a dash of salt one bite at a time. Oh my, that's just too much. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, I will wish you guys a great evening. And if you're going to have cocktails, have one on us. Oh, you got Thank it. You. Thank you so much, George. We really appreciate you inviting us to be on. And we're you. definitely going to have you back because there's a ton more that we can cover. Sounds good. Thank All you. All right. Take care.